Welcome back to Mini TV Reviews. I am your host, Mo, and today we are discussing The Shy, y'all. Yes, Season 6, Episode 5, titled One of Them Nights. Y'all know how them go sometimes. Sometimes it just be like that. I hope everybody's week is going well thus far. We got a four-day weekend if you guys celebrate Labor Day. Um, So, we halfway through this thing already, y'all. Yes. Alright, so without further ado, let's get to the synopsis. And then we're going to get right into the episode. So, the synopsis for this one is... Kevin, Jake, Papa, and the crew celebrate a major milestone. Emmett questions due to... Keisha asks for help. Jamal issues a warning to Bakari. Shad makes a potentially life-altering decision. Y'all, I don't know about that last one right there, but everything else seems like it's right on par with how everything's been going so far this season. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. So the episode starts off with Kevin. Kevin and Emmett, they are at his um, suit shop, and y'all, he is getting fitted. It is prom, and so he got to find him a nice little tux, all right? So he found the one. It's a nice little blazer that go with it, okay? It looks really nice, got all designed out. And so Emmett was like, nah, man, that, that size is too big for you, bro. You need to come down the size. So he does, and my, 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 what? What a difference a size makes. Kevin looks really nice in his tux, y'all. I can't believe it. Wow, they're going to prom. Seems like yesterday they were just kids. So, he tells them that he gonna pay for his own suit, okay? He got the money because remember, y'all, he's still gaming. And as a matter of fact, he brings up the fact that he got a team that's trying to sponsor him out in L.A. But the thing is... If he decides to go with them, they, they said that they're going to put him up in a crib. They're going to get him a car. They're going to sponsor all of his events. But he has to move there. And so Emmett is like, man, bruh, you can't lead a shy. Okay? What if it don't work out? Well, what if it does? What if it all works out for Kevin? And see, I can understand the mindset a little bit on both sides. You have to get out there. You have to at least try to see what's going to happen. Because if not, you're just going to be in this this box forever. Not saying that, you know, wherever you grew up at is not good for you. But you got to spread your wings a little bit. And then what type of example are you setting for your future generations to come? And so Emmett, on the side of Emmett, Emmett is saying, you know, if we all left then who's going to be here to provide a good example for the youngins? That's a really good question, Emmett. But all in all, young people going to do what they want to do anyway, you know, and then once they get older, then they start to see, okay, maybe what they was telling me when I was younger, that makes sense now, okay? You can't change the way somebody act. You can only influence it, okay? But that's only if they're willing to receive that. So Kevin told the people that he not sure yet he going to get back to him and let him know. But for now, it's prime time. They're going to live it up. And guess who he's taking, y'all? My Isha. Okay, they made it official. And they're going to they swing this thing on out. I hope Papa don't have no, no fever for him. <laughs> but we'll see. So then um, we go over to... Speaking of Papa, that's who we're going over to, y'all. Papa is doing a promposal for Kenya, okay? She pull up to the store to Smokey's, and she like, what's going on? It's completely empty in here. Next thing you know, Papa pop up. Surprise! He got balloons, he got flowers, and a promposal sign. Anita, spelled like Anita Baker, because y'all know that that's their favorite singer. Anita, prom, uh, prom date. Okay, so he ends up asking her, will she be his prom day? She says yes, and they share a kiss. Ooh, okay. I love it, y'all. He he is doing very well with Kenya courting her just fine, okay? So then um, we go over to Bakari. Bakari is with Duda, and he like, oh, man, like, these the nice cars. You know, you got the, the Audi, you got the Rari. Okay. Oh, oh, snap. What's that over there in the corner? You got the AMG and look at them rims, dog. Okay. It don't get no flyer than this. And so he was like, yeah, you like it? Hell yeah, you like it. Well, it's yours for the weekend if you want it. 
for your prom day. So he was like, man, Lene, Lene gonna love this, man, according to Duda. But Kari has earned his way to using this car for the weekend. And so then he goes to the back, pop the trunk, and he was like, yeah, under one condition. You were supposed to take care of this for me. Talking about the guns, y'all. Y'all remember, Gouda can't have them guns on him. Gouda, like Gouda cheese. <laughs> and so whoever Bakari has been trying to hit up, I don't know if he's talking about Shy. I'm assuming that he is. He said, yeah, man, I've been trying to hit him up, but he ain't been responding. So he was like, either you get rid of him tonight or uh, it's going to be me and my, my main B <laughs> sitting in the passenger side in this car. Well, I mean, how's everybody else getting to the prom? Just saying, because, like, most of us are carpool with other couples, but, okay, Bakari, if you feel like it's mandatory for you to go ahead and ruin somebody else's life along with yours, why not? So, we'll see what happens. I'm assuming that he's talking about Shad, though. So, Tiff is meeting up with Cairo. You know, they still in the works. We're trying to get their own thing up and running. And... She runs into uh, Dante, that's his name. And so she was like, what you doing here? Okay, well, y'all would have never been introduced if it wasn't for me. So back on up, Tiff, okay? <laughs> Get real territorial. So anyway, uh, as they're talking, they hear some glass shatter. They run out, and it turns out Tiff them been carjacked, y'all. So... She like, oh, man, you know, they running out trying to see who took it. And then Dante was like, hold on, I think I know who took it because my homie car just got snatched the other day. So follow me. So then they end up meeting up with Rob. Y'all, why they end up at Duda's? Uh, the wet behind the ears dude, I think his name is Taj or something like that, done smashed and grabbed Tiff's car. So then they come up in there and um Dante was like man come on how, how you gonna take a car like that okay Rob is definitely going off because th this shit ain't okay especially considering the fact that I work with y'all and you got the audacity to try to, to steal my girl car like what's up and so Duda was like well you know my bad there must have been some miscommunication it ain't gonna happen again okay you bet now y'all need to take a picture write write the plate down whatever you need to do okay and y'all gonna cover this window so Duda stepped to Rob and was like, that, that's what we're not going to do. Okay, just take it out of the next drop. But uh, it seems like Rob may, getting, may be getting a little bit too mouthy. So Tiff was like, you know what, let's go. Damn, did y'all even clean the glass up out the car? So after they take off, Dante uh, end up telling Duda that he led him there. What led him there was that his boys is getting a little too greedy with the, the smash and grab of the cars. And so he was like, yeah, you you might want to dial it back. And considering the fact that you didn't even know what was happening, like, that ain't that ain't like you. That's uncharacteristic like you do to like, no. And so Duda was like, hey, don't get caught up over Tiff, especially considering the fact that she ain't yours. He didn't call her by her name. He called her some, some B. Ooh, Duda just real disrespectful, y'all. It's just because he ain't got no love of his own. So, um... So then after that, we go over to Keisha. Keisha done got called into the office, y'all. Turns out some big budget cuts have been happening with education, which those have been, have been happening all over the country. Um, and I don't understand why. <laughs> but, but then you want to get mad at the teachers when the kids ain't passing their test. But it's due to a lack of resources. Okay, drastic lack of resources. But anyway, um, they call her in the office because due to budget cuts and the fact that Keisha, although she promised that she wouldn't, has been late several times and she's even had to leave early several times. Um, because of that, they have to let her go. And Miss Barry said that she tried her hardest to keep her on because she's been doing some excellent work with the kids and has been able to develop some relationships. However, it just wasn't enough to, to keep them holding on to her. So they got to let her go, y'all. I wonder if uh, she's going to end up at the Rock Center because y'all remember when Emmett and them was down there, they said that they could cover um, child care. So I, I wish maybe Keisha would have known that 
prior to, but we'll see what happens. But for now, honey, Keisha is unemployed. First off, let me say that I am so proud of Jake. Okay, Jake has, he's starting to take the fashion world of Chicago by storm. So he comes in and he says that he's trying out these little two-tone pants that he might have an idea for prom for. And we're hearing like the news in the background on TV and they're talking about Vic and him coming in and the possibilities or the expectations that the city has for him and what he can or can't do for them. You know, just all of these things, right? Just to have a story. So Jake sits down and he obviously sees that Vic is kind of on edge about it. And he was like, hey, you good? And he was like, eh, no. He was like, I thought you would have been happy considering the fact that you got the seat that you wanted. So he was like, you definitely wanted the ops now. You know, just trying to break it up just a little bit for him. And so <laughs> he ends up saying that he is nervous, okay? He's not sure how the community will perceive him and the job that he's going to try to perform. And so... He was just like, man, you know, you do what you can, all right? You do your best, and at the end of the day, that's all you can do. And if they don't like it, oh, well. So just some words of encouragement from Jake. Come on, Jake. I love it. Jake is, he don't have much of a storyline this year, but he is definitely growing. So then we go over to Bakari, not Bakari, but we are talking about Bakari. We go over to Maisha and, um, Maisha and Lene. They're doing their nails as they get ready for the prom. And Maisha's asking her about their fits. You know, what colors are they going to wear? And Lene was like, she's not really too worried about that because she's more concerned about her brother Jamal wanting to meet Bakari. And so she says, you know, Jamal don't really like Bakari because he know he in the streets. But Maisha was like, hey, so if he started talking about all of that, you know, just remind your brother that dudes be in the streets because they have to be not because they want to be and I think that's true for a lot of people um that are pushed into those types of situations and especially if you get incarcerated um depending on what you go in for and how long you're there for it's kind of like it's a repetitive cycle after that once you get caught up in the system it's hard to get out so just some words of encouragement from Maisha as well so you know the gift that keeps on giving here. So then we go back to Emmett and Tiff. Emmett comes over as he's dropping EJ off and he notices Tiff's window. So he was like, hey, let me talk to you real quick. So he asked her what happened and he doesn't ask her, is she okay? None of that, right? But he was like, what you doing over there at Duda's? And so she was telling him that Duda was the, one of his people was the one that jacked her car. Side note, y'all, and I meant to mention this earlier. When they were at the chop shop and Duda started smiling, do y'all think that Duda purposefully had his people go out and jack Tiff's car because he knows that Tiff and Rob are trying to get away from up under him as far as the weed business goes? Just a thought. I think so, because he kind of like smirked a little bit. Did y'all catch it? So anyway... She's telling him about all of that, and he was like, oh, damn, you know, what What you doing working with, with uh, Dante? And so she was like, why are you worried about all of that, okay? You you worried about stuff that's not significant right now. Didn't you not, not just hear me say that my car almost got snatched? It did, okay? And if we wouldn't have went down there, ain't no telling what would have happened. So long story short, Tiff ends up telling him, look, Emmett, you're not my protector no more. You ain't got to be checking up on me like that. My dude was there. We good. But I have noticed that Emmett is definitely starting to dress more and more like dude to y'all. <laughs> uh, even down to like the pea coats and stuff. Y'all, I don't know. I don't like it. So real quick, Bakari and Lene, they're kind of just chilling. And we see that Bakari was able to get the car. Um, I think he still has to drop the 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 guns off somewhere but for now he's got the car when they asked him where he got it from and he was like from a rich friend you know what rich friend he's talking about so he ends up asking her that after prom does she want to go somewhere because one of his homies got a big ass house somewhere out in the burbs and so she was like yeah we can go but just don't be expecting nothing 
all right girl you crazy you tripping but i love you and she ends up telling them that she love him back mm, young love y'all young love so then emmett comes into the house after he talks to tiff and tells keisha that um what happened with tiff and then he asked her did she know about tiff growing weed with Cairo trying to get away from up under Duda and she was like yeah I knew okay I thought she had told you but obviously not but is she okay and so he was like yeah she good so then she ends up telling him that she lost her job and she blames it on him because she feels like she's got to pick up so much slack with trying to help him around the house and make sure the kids is watched for you know and taken care of and all of that and that's the reason why she's been late to work or leave having to leave work early and so long story short she ends up telling him i'm not finna sit up here and just watch my life pass me by while you out here living your best life mm -hmm. so she feels like you know that she's barefoot and pregnant so to speak or you know she doesn't want to become that housewife just yet where she's always in the house and um, taking on the task of playing Susie homemaker she has she has stuff that she wants to do she's got a purpose that she feels like she needs to fulfill and obviously she can't do that right now with when she's helping Emmett out so much so he apologizes but I still don't think Emmett gets it he don't understand so we'll see what happens between the two of them Rashad and Darnell they just finished up this job putting this dresser together and the reason that it took them so long to do it was because they was trying to put it together and the instructions was in Chinese <laughs> so Darnell ends up handing him his cut and it's only a hundred dollars and he was like bruh what is this okay we've been working since six o'clock this morning so Darnell reminds him hey this is slow work right now I told you that because I guess they done started this business um, but if they get some more brothers involved then you know, maybe this can flourish and become something big potentially. All right. But baby steps for now. So he was like, man, I'm just, I'm really just trying to step my game up at the house. I'm trying to make sure, you know, that she's taken care of. And Darnell was like, Hey, now your girl understands your situation and it's okay for you to support her. She making more bread than you. But if you don't feel comfortable with doing that, then you need to say something right now because obviously this is bothering you. Either that or you need to take your ass down to Smokies <laughs> and get you some more money. Okay. But I really do feel like Rashad is going to end up getting in bed with Duda and it's just not going to end well. Gemma is looking in the mirror, y'all. And this prom dress that she bought from online she looked like an orange tangerine y'all i ain't gonna lie okay <laughs> so anyway tiara is coming by and well she knocks on the door and tells her that marcus wants something she notices this dress on her and she does not like it she reminds her of how hideous it is and Gemma agrees so she was like, okay, well, we can go shopping. We can make a day of it. But Jim ain't trying to hear all that. Well, either it's me or your father. Which one you want? Because you can't go to prom looking like this. And so they end up going to go shopping, y'all. Marcus slide by there real quick. It seems like the girls are bonding. Yes, okay. Wonderful. So, <sighs> Keisha walks in on Dre and Nina having an argument about Dre texting her ex at 11 o'clock at night. Would y'all be? Would y'all be upset about that? I mean, we it ain't no strings attached, y'all. We ain't got no kids. We weren't married. Why are you texting your ex at 11 a.m.? And I'm trying to get sleep. Or so she says. Dre says that Nina is dramatizing the hell out of the situation. But, I mean, her and I think the girl's name is Monica or something like that. They're completely platonic okay there's nothing to their conversation she's not messing around on nina and so she <laughs> dre was like you you got some nerve to talk girl considering the fact that you stepped out okay and i, I took you back you know so uh nina ends up telling her that she's not gonna let her just sit up there and let her life pass her by while nina out here uh, while dre out here messing around on her 
it's the exact same thing that Keisha said to Emmett when they were arguing. So when Nina goes upstairs, Keisha rounds the corner and she tells Dre that she said that exact same thing to Emmett before they, before she left the house when they were arguing. And um, Dre just wants her to know, hey, so I've been talking to my ex, but I just wanted to let you know that I'm not messing around on your mama. Okay, we just had a heated argument. Keisha's like, girl, I don't care. Okay, I'm grown. Y'all can argue in front of me. But, you know, for what it's worth, I do believe you. So... She ends up telling Dre that she got let go from her job and it was due to budget cuts. But we know that there's a little bit more to that. So then, um, of course, Keisha's just down about it. She told Dre that she feels like a failure because, you know, she couldn't keep the job. And so um, Dre ends up asking her if she's still going to therapy. And she was like, you know, she just couldn't stick with it. Okay, inconsistency leads to inconsistent results. So the best way to get good results is to stick with it, okay? So she was like, damn, Dre, can you just be my therapist? No, girl, okay? She she knows way too much about y'all's situation, but she does give her a recommendation for a good therapist. So there you go. Y'all, I told y'all. Ugh. Y'all, Bakari done showed up to Shad's place with these guns. And so they done got into a heated discussion because Bakari was like, hey, man, how long you going to be a kept ninja? And Rashad was like, what you say to me? Okay, watch your mouth. And so he was like, man, you the one that got me on, got me some help. I'm just trying to return the favor. And so he was like, man, you think this finna do me a favor? Okay, the last time I said yes to something like this, I got locked up for a really long time. And Bakari says that he just trying to be a good friend to him. Sir, how? How are you trying to be a good friend when Rashad is a felon? If he get caught with these, he gonna be sitting for a long time, y'all. Even if he wasn't a felon, he, st- he was still gonna be sitting for a while. Okay? Like, no. So... <laughs> Bakari was like, hey, man, I got two racks in my pocket. Do you want them or not? Two racks for 20 years, probably? No, I'll take nothing on that. No deal on that. Bakari, no deal. So, y'all, Rashad ends up taking the two racks, and he was like, how long are these going to be here? Not long. Well, I need to know, but Bakari don't provide no information aside from not long. Y'all, Rashad, something gonna happen. I just don't know what, and I don't know when at this point. But either way, after Bakari leaves, he ends up stashing these guns, like, behind the, the big vent that's in the living room. Okay, that, I mean, it's a good hiding spot. Most people don't usually check the vents unless you work for, work for the law. <laughs> so maybe he do need to find a different hiding spot, but... For now, they are in the big vent in the living room. So, Gemma and Tiara, they are at the last shop. And Gemma's still trying to figure Tiara out, okay? So, she's asking her what are her true intentions with her dad. And she says that if she wasn't there because she really had feelings for him, she could have just maintained a relationship with somebody, whether it was a man or a woman, that had more status and wealth than he do. And I was like, okay, girl, (laughs) go ahead and speak your piece. So then Gemma mentions how her mom loved her dad too, but then she left. And to me, I know Gemma is territorial of, you know, her dad and she's jealous of the fact that Tierra is now stepping into the picture. But I also feel like a part of that too has to do with abandonment issues. She doesn't want to get close to another woman and try to develop a relationship with another woman in fear that once she does start to actually like this woman, then the woman might up and leave just like her mom did so her guard is definitely up and so uh, tiara extends her hand and she reaffirms that no she's really here for her dad um and Gemma accepts the hand okay they they shake hands for a second and then um she asks her is she excited about promise she says yes and especially because she don't have to worry about who her prom date is okay she got her a man and then she ends up telling tiara that 
her and Jake, uh, well, her and Kevin used to date prior to her and Jake. <laughs> she was like, see, I knew I liked you. <laughs> they got some things in common. So then we go over to Emmett. Emmett done rolled up to do the shop. Y'all, he calling Duda out like he finna really do something to Duda. And so Duda come. And uh, Emmett, D Emmett is definitely out of character, okay? This is the most I done seen him riled up in a while, okay? Why the F you go and how you do snatch Tiff car? You knew that was her car. And so Duda ain't really paying him no attention. And um, he get ready to walk off. Emmett was like, F you do to come back and I'm like oh shit <laughs> like he done killed dudes for less Emmett really he he killed dude like two episodes ago cause he was chewing too loud and he was right there really this is what you doing but Emmett gonna stand his ground I will give him that okay so when dude to come back he was like what you say repeat Don Popovore so he ended up grabbing Nook's gun and he put the the barrel, not the barrel, the butt up to his neck and then he flipped it and was like, boy, I will kill you right now. Leave your children fatherless, okay? Have your mama picking out a gray suit for you. Leave your daddy crying like a little bitch. And I'll show up to your repast with some gator, <laughs> some gator shoes and a mother effing pinky ring. Emmett, please don't play with Duda. Please don't play with him. And so, um, prior to him doing all of that, y'all, Duda was like, you just mad because Tiff didn't call you to come up here and ask me what happened to her car, okay? Guess she figured you wasn't built for that. <laughs> He's so petty. But I do not like where this is going, y'all. I do not like it at all. Speaking of not liking where this is going... Papa is getting ready for prom, y'all, and he looks so nice. Uh, he looked like he should be going to prom back in the 80s or something with the suit that he got on. But anyway, so, <laughs> or maybe the 70s. So, he putting on, he putting the finishing touches on his look, and Pastor Papa roll up in there, okay? And um, they start talking, and he's asking him who his date is, and how he wants to meet her and he says no okay we meet at the center um it's not that serious just yet and so he was like boy all right now i know it's prom but you you better act godly okay so he was like man can i just have a night to just do my own thing like i i understand that i'm uh representing you when i step out the door but uh yeah no i want to do my own thing so he was like look i need you to be on your best behavior and be you at all times as if I'm not there even when I'm not there I want you to still be a good representative of who I am and I was like "Ooh, the way that he worded that y'all it just make it seem like he ain't gonna be around that much longer so then um uh Bakari roll up he come in there and he he look nice y'all okay they both look nice Papa just looked like he's an older version of a nice prom day. <laughs> Bakari got this black tux on. It's real fitted. It's nice. Okay, black on black. And um, he ends up saying that he got a date too. He's going with Lene. Pastor Papa asked him why he looks so nervous. And he said because he, he's supposed to be meeting her brother. So he was like, all right, I'm going I'm to give you three, three rules, okay? You always look them in the eye you extend your hand first and when you walk away regardless of what happened during the conversation you walk away with confidence and so Bakari shouldn't have nothing to worry about okay just be yourself and so then Pastor Papa was like come on now let's let's get go ahead and get a picture again hinting that something is going to happen we are definitely foreshadowing a lot of things so they end up flashing a picture and um they go on their way, y'all. I just hope that don't nothing happen to Pastor Papa before they get back to him. So Emmett is sitting at home enjoying a drink. Just still trying to process what the hell just happened. And Keisha comes in and she asks him, is he okay? 
Now, I'm not sure if Emmett is a, a frequent drinker or not, but um, obviously she senses something is off. And so he says that, yeah, he, he okay. He asks her, is she okay? No, she ain't okay. She mentions that she wants to go back to therapy, and um, she feels like she's been pouring into everybody else except for herself. So she needs some one-on-one -on -one attention with the therapist to try to get her back focused, okay, on what's important to her. And how to, you know, go about her day-to-day -day without breaking down. So, he says, okay, she mentions that maybe he should go to see a therapist one-on-one. -on -one. And he was like, nah, I'm good, okay. The little, the, the circle that we got, you know, with Vic Nim is it, helping. And she was like, nah, that, that solo therapy session hit different. Nah, he good, all right? He said he good. So, then Gemma is getting ready to come down and show the dress that her and Tierra had decided to get after their day out shopping. And she comes down, and I like it, okay? Um, <clears throat> the designs are a little bit different from what we wore when we were going to prom <laughs> when I was their age, but we had the deep splits down the middle, okay? Instead of like the sideways splits, you know, that kind of show like the midsection, we had those deep splits right down the middle. So I can kind of understand. So her dress is cute to me. However, her dad, <clears throat> excuse me, her dad was like, oh, hell no, go back upstairs, take that dress off and change, like change, change out of that dress. <laughs> take some of that makeup off too so she gets upset because she feels like her dress is really nice like this is the one that she really likes she's excited about it and Tierra was like you know what just go upstairs and I'll talk to him so her attempting to talk to him don't do no good neither <clears throat> and Marcus says that she looked like a, a $2 hoe okay well if you feel like that about her then how do you feel about me he don't say nothing, and she was like, wow. That's all she needed to hear or not hear. And she walks out, y'all. So then we go over to where all, everybody is meeting up at for prom, and the, all the fellas are sitting down and talking, and they're trying to figure out who's Kev, who's going to be Kevin's date. And so he was like, I'm still not going to tell y'all, okay, it's a secret. Okay, but where y'all date said, why you worried about me? They upstairs. <laughs> Jake ends up mentioning that Gemma's going to be running a little late because she had a situation with her dress. Papa ends up getting a text from Kenya <clears throat> saying that she can't make it. Um, an emergency came up, but she will be free after prom, and her parents are out of town. Uh-oh. Now, y'all remember his daddy said, be on your best godly behavior. And it don't seem like Papa got those intentions tonight, y'all. He finna get into some grown folks business, okay? So that's what he tell them after he leave from this little childish stuff that's the prom. He gonna go be with his woman, okay? So then everybody comes downstairs. Uh, Lene and Maisha, they look absolutely gorgeous, okay? Everybody comes to this one place, you know, family-wise and they start taking pictures. Y'all know how it is. It take. It seems like it take like an hour to take pictures for prom, y'all. <laughs> Especially when you got a big family. Ooh. So everybody is there loving on each other. I love how they all come together. Okay. Um. They take pictures. It's a. It's a moment. Very sweet. And then at the end of it, I was like, "Damn, is have Bakari already met Jamal?" <laughs> So it turns out after they finish taking pictures, Bakari runs into Jamal and Jamal tells him, hey, make sure you keep my sister safe. I don't want her getting into your thug shit, okay, your thug lifestyle. Make sure you keep her safe because she all I got left. So he was like, all right. And he did what Pastor Papa told him to do, look him in the eye, extend his hand, and walk off with confidence. Okay, good pointers. So then they all drive off, y'all. It is so cute. Oh my gosh, they've grown up so much. So Bianca, who is Duda's little main thing right now, and Lady May, because I can't remember her name, y'all, but Rob's mom. If you know her as Lady May from uh, <laughs> Greenleaf. 
Y'all, that show was amazing. So anyway, Bianca and Lady May are sitting down and she's just taking in the atmosphere. Turns out she is a silent investor in Bianca's spot, which I didn't know that was Bianca's spot. I thought that was Duda's spot. So she said that she helped her out, um, you know, because she used to work for her brother Q back in the day. And she really enjoys this place. And honestly, it's a very good hideout. Okay. So they have the barbershop up front, but y'all know it's party in the back, business up front. So y'all know that they got the, I guess, like a little cigar lounge, whatever that's called back there. And so y'all know Duda be doing his little side stuff there too <laughs> when the shop is closed. So Bianca explains that to Lady May and she was just like yeah just be careful because we don't want hoodlums to start coming in here because it can get real dangerous and so she was like hoodlums when you say hoodlums do you mean do the yes okay he is a dangerous man and she don't want her investment to go bad with him being seen around there because he's not good for business and so she was like well that's my friend so she's basically going to do what she wants to do. And so then, um, like I said, she had mentioned how Bianca had worked for Q. And that's why she, you know, went in with her to try to create the spot. But to Bianca, Lady May is trying to put too much say-so in what she got going on with business and how she's handling it when she's supposed to be a silent partner. So she like cuts her off real quick and she says you know I apologize for your loss and it's the way that Bianca says it that makes Lady May kind of know that Duda has something to do with Q's um death but we'll see what happens so y'all it is prom time it is party time the kids show up they look so cute in their prom fish, y'all. It just took me back. They had such a good time. When I tell y'all I had such a good time at my proms, y'all, they were amazing. We was lit like them, okay? Um, but they had a really good time. Jake ended up being prom king and Maisha ended up being prom queen, which was amazing. Then um the guys, they end up getting together. Everybody, well, all the guys except for Bakari. So the guys end up getting together and they're talking. Kev ends up telling them that he may be moving to L.A. And Papa is kind of on the side as Emmett was earlier. You know, you can't be moving like that. How you just go up and leave us? What about us? What about Maisha? Have you told her? And so Kev was like, no, I haven't told her yet. But Jake is like, man, if that's what you really want to do, like, go do that. Okay, go out there, try to test the water, see what happens. And I wish you nothing but the best, okay? But if you come back or if you decide to stay, we here, okay? We gonna be good. You go out there and do your thing. So Jake is fully supportive. Like, he don't really have a storyline this year. But when I tell y'all, Jake has grown up so much um, just between the last couple of years. So I'm proud of Jake. So anyway, after that, they go back to partying. And then they take all of these group pictures. Like I said, it was just a really good time with them. I'm just really happy for them. Um, Over to Victor's house. While the kids are living it up at prom, Victor's having his own little shindig at the house. And I'm, I'm assuming this is for him um, getting elected. And so Quincy does his toast, The his chief of staff. He does his toast to Victor. Everybody's there. There's a knock on the door. And it's Victor's, not Victor, it's Quincy's fiance, DeAndre, okay? So DeAndre said that he he's had his eye on this place for quite some time. Um, and he's very shocked to see how Victor has spruced it up. But, you know, that that's thanks to Fatima. So anyway, he says that he's had this eye, his eye on this place for quite some time. And as a matter of fact, Duda, who happened to be his first client... He actually sold him his house not too far from Victor's house. Duda was his first client, y'all. So as soon as DeAndre says that, Victor was like, yeah, yeah, no, it was really nice to meet you finally. 
um, Quincy, can I have a moment with you? <laughs> so he pulls Quincy to the side and he was like, hey, y'all don't need to be messing with Duda like that. And so Quincy was like, but we, you know, he just did us, he basically gave DeAndre a loan until DeAndre could get on his feet as a realtor. So he's telling Quincy, y'all don't need to get in bed with him because he's not a good dude. He's really dangerous. And so he was like, we ain't had no issues out of Duda. But I need you to be transparent with me because when you tell me he's dangerous, how dangerous are we talking? Y'all, why Victor open up his mouth and tell Quincy that he helped Duda dump a body? Now, how quick do y'all think that's going to come back to bite him in the butt? How many more episodes do we have? Because <laughs> this is going to get found out before the end of the season. We at, we at episode five right now. I give it to like episode eight. Some kind of way this going to get found out. So Bakari and Lene end up dropping Papa off at Kenya's house. So he done got fresh, y'all. He done put some... He done sprayed his mouth like Papa is ready to see his queen. So he rang the doorbell and a kid comes to the door. So when she opened up the door, he was like, oh, is this your little brother? Like, he cute. She was like, nah, that's my son. Oh, hell, Papa. (laughs) Now, listen, I ain't one to judge, but y'all know what they say about them preacher's kids. Sometimes they be the worst ones. Sometimes. All right. So then we go over to Quincy and his boo thing. They're getting ready for bed, looks like. And they're both questioning each other about what they really know about their business partners. So Quincy is like, what do you know about Duda? Okay, well, what do you know about Vic? (laughs) And so he ends up asking, you know, him about Duda. And he was like, look, Duda ain't never did us wrong. He's been a good guy from what I saw. He gave me a leg up when nobody else would. Like, I trust Duda for now. And so then Quincy ends up telling him that Duda is a bad dude. He's a dangerous man. Well, what you got to tell me? And he was like, I, that's all I know right now. That's all I can tell you. But all I know is that he is a bad man. And we don't see what else he tell him, y'all. So hopefully that's all Quincy literally do tell him. But I'm not so sure. So then after this, Bakari is with Lene. And remember, they were supposed to be going up to his homeboy house in the burbs, right? So Bakari is speeding through these lights, like just blowing through them. Him and Lene, they vibing out to the music, is hyping the car. They chilling, right? But again, he is speeding and this is not his car. So the law end up pulling him over and they end up getting arrested. And so I'm like, Lord, please don't let that car come back stolen because y'all know that they still doing the chop shop stuff. So I was like, okay, we know they got arrested, but I'm not sure for what just yet. So then we go over to um, Vic. Vic is at the crib with Fatima and they're chilling y'all and then there's a knock at the door y'all the F the B and the I then came to question Vic but this was to be expected okay Vic knew it was coming Fatima's kind of still in the dark about it but he was like look it's cool I'm gonna be back so then we go back to Bakari and Lene Their respective parents come and pick them up, and Jamal ends up joining Nina and Dre when they come to get her from jail. So she comes out, you know, and they all hug and all of that. And Bakari comes out to Pastor Papa. And while all of this is happening, the song that they're playing in the background is very ominous because it's hinting at danger, okay? Just danger all around. And as that's happening, Jamal is steady mo looking at Bakari. Okay. So Pastor Papa ends up getting him and Papa in the car. I don't know when he went to go pick up Papa, but Papa's in the front seat looking hella disappointed. I'm not sure if it's because he really didn't get to spend time with Kenya or if it's because he might be in trouble because of Bakari or it might be both. 
Bakari is in the back seat and y'all he about to have a whole breakdown back there okay he I feel like Bakari deep down is a good kid but due to the circumstances that he's had to live by you know like he had to get it how he lived so he trying y'all but anyway pastor papa is blaring gospel music the whole way home <laughs> nina and dre Nim are in the front seat jamal and lene are in the back and um yeah it's just it's just bad y'all so then um bianca ends up meeting up with duda Duda is apologizing for being late, and she ends up telling him that Alicia, aka Lady May, has, she showed up to the cigar bar, and so he was like, okay, well, what did she say, and she was like, well, she asked about you, okay, and so she ended up telling him that she did come to his his defense about him hanging around, and then he asked her, did she mention anything about Q, and she said, yes, she did. Okay. But you know, I, I kept her, I kept her cool. I didn't point no fingers back at you. And so he was like, okay, good. You know, we'll just keep her at bay for now. So Alicia is definitely on to Duda and I'm not sure how Duda is going to take care of that, but some going to have to give. Meanwhile, Keisha has finally made her way to therapy, y'all. She sits down with the therapist and she basically pours her heart out to the therapist. And the therapist says, you know, that there is hope, but we've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, but if we, we keep steadfast with this, I think that we'll be able to figure out a way for you to get your life back on track and get some balance and some order restored. So we'll see what happens. So Kev and Maisha are chilling at the crib and he ends up asking her what she thinks about LA. And she was like, I don't because I've just never been. So I haven't thought about it. But he ends up asking her, would she ever consider moving to LA to advance her career? And she was like, shoot, yeah, in a heartbeat. And so he's kind of taken aback by her response. But she was like, look, Kevin, you only get one life, okay? So you got to live it to the fullest. And if that means, you know, leaving some people behind, then you do what you got to do to make you happy. So although he's taken aback, this is definitely a step in the right direction. Maybe him and Maisha can move out to LA together so he won't be by himself. All right, so we'll see. Jake said if she the one, then, you know, she'll understand. But maybe her understanding is her moving to L.A. with him. So I don't know, y'all, but I feel super excited for what's about to happen for them. So then we go over to Keisha. Keisha is returning home from her therapy, and it seems like she's in pretty good spirits. So hopefully things started out great. And she's getting ready to start cleaning up. She ends up like pulling up this part of like the foot seat thing um, that you put like in the middle of your um, your couch. And when she pulls it up, there's a it's like a bag sticking out. So she pulled it up to kind of like tuck it back in. But when she did that, she ended up pulling it out all the way to see what else was in there. Why was that bag in there that Emma had with that the with all the money in it, y'all? Emmett couldn't find no better hiding place than to put it right there in the middle of everything. Oh my gosh. He took a, he should have took some pointers from Rashad or something. So anyway, as she's pulling this out and sees all these bundles of money, Emmett is coming downstairs trying to see how therapy went for her. And she's like, what the hell is this? You got some explaining to do, Emmett. Then we go back over to Kev. Maisha must have left at this point. He is going back and forth about it. He finally picks up the phone. He calls whoever um, the team is that's willing to sponsor him out in L.A. He says, I want to do it. And he says that he'll be looking forward to talking to them some more soon. And that's the way the episode ends, y'all. 
it is a lot happening and this is just episode five so i'm nervous to see what's going to happen is victor gonna roll over on duda is duda going to run like he did the last time when things got really really hot um is something bad gonna happen to duda is he gonna go to jail um what's gonna happen to pastor papa what's gonna happen to bakari like it's it's a lot of different situations happening i want to know more about kenya's backstory and how this kid came about hoping nothing sinister um was the you know hoping nothing sinister happened to her to where it resulted in her having this baby um but she is pretty young so i just want to know what's happening there but you guys let me know what you think. You can reach me at Mini TV Reviews on Facebook and on Instagram. You can also reach me at my TV Reviews Podcast without the S on the end at gmail.com. Y'all, I love y'all. Please stay safe out there. It's so much happening like behind the scenes in my personal life. Um, it's a lot of um illness, sickness, and death happening right now. So please just keep me and my close ones uplifted. Um, if you guys can, if, if that's what you believe in and that's all I have for now, y'all. So y'all please stay safe out there. Please stay hydrated. I love y'all. Um, and like I said, it's a lot going on. So I try to stay up, (laughs) up with like the current episodes, but it, you know, if things fall back behind like a week, then my apologies y'all, but it, it is a lot going on. So, um, yeah. Y'all stay safe. I love y'all. Until we meet over the airwaves again, I am Mo, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.